Today we're talking about Tragedy Girls from 2017, and Cal from Letterboxd says, Dare I say it, but Glee would have done a better serial killer plotline. Hello, hello, welcome back to the Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast obsessed with all the subgenres within the horror realms. I'm one of your co-hosts, Devon Taylor, sitting across from me. I got Gary McDowell. Breathing in, Devon. You smell that? It's that new new apartment smell, new podcast studio smell, and it's smelling good. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see what the, the new vibe feels like. First time recording in person in my new apartment. Um apologies uh for AC in the background for all summer because it yeah. is hot already no and airplanes though no airplanes. no airplanes yes we don't have airplanes my window is away from the road so so yeah, yeah. so uh you know we we trade some exactly. when some you lose some i mean i've done i've recorded a few and the air conditioning really doesn't come through that loud anyway so no no it's just cal at this point that's all we have to really worry just about cal. as far as the noise <laughs> just cal as usual nothing's changing there um, but we are in week three of our Wi-Fi or Die series, taking a look at internet and social media horror, and uh, we got Tragedy Girls coming up with this one. And I remember when this came out, this came out like around the same time as one of the movies in my movie math, mm-hmm. so I remember it being like kind of weird. Uh, finding information on this was a, a real uh, toughie, because there's like no box office, there was had a weird uh, uh, streaming uh, uh, release schedule and stuff like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm excited uh, before we get into it. Um, oh, I didn't really have an intro, like a little ditty for this one. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So, so uh, we've obviously uh, changed the cold open format a little bit and we're uh, you know, uh, giving some shout out to letterbox reviews at the beginning. Uh, didn't intend for uh, since we've been doing this, all of them are like spicy ones so far. A little uh-huh. bit, yeah. Uh, that's kind of how I like my letterbox reviews. It's it's good up top. Don't don't get too serious. There's time for that later. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I saw a couple. Uh, I saw a couple other funny ones. Mainly the ones for this one is just about them not kissing. Which not, <laughs> which <laughs> which we'll was, get. That to. was kind of my letterbox review for the movie, and we will certainly get to that. Too. Yeah, which we'll, we'll get to. Uh, it was funny because uh, whenever. Uh, reading the one uh from last week because i didn't realize like cat and jazz were actually gonna be like legit fans of the movie I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so whenever uh, i read that one and cat's face just cracked me up she was just <laughs> like how dare uh it, it was super funny so you know we're trying out some new stuff uh uh just because um i don't know the fake ads for me i was i was struggling a little bit and i was like i feel like we're not we're only kind of going for like the obvious ones at this point so mm-hmm. i was like let's let's switch up the the cold open format so yeah let us yeah. know if you enjoy it if you think it's working or through some growing yeah. pains I, I think we're still tr- we're you know it's still a work in progress of course i mean the thing with this one is it's a it's a crapshoot you know because like whenever i looked up like the reviews for malignant there were tons of funny options to choose yeah. from i had i had so many to choose from but then uh, whenever I was looking at the ones for Stay Alive, I was like, eh, there's not really too much here. So, so yeah. with uh, these letterbox reviews, it'll be, uh, you know, dependent on the movie. So uh, excited to continue on. And I feel like it makes sense, you know, uh, introducing a, uh, another, uh, you know, app-related thing exactly. while doing Wi-Fi or Die Month. So let's go ahead and get into the movie for today's episode. Tragedy Girls, released October 20th, 2017, directed by Tyler McIntyre. This was written by McIntyre and Chris Lee Hill. Uh, McIntyre doesn't really have too much, but he does have, uh, he did have segments in uh, VHS 94. It was either 94 or 99. Mm. One or the two. No, no, it was 99. So in the most recent one, he had a uh, segment in that. Uh, he doesn't really have too, and he also did an entry into the Hulu Into the Dark. So so he he likes to do um you know things in loose series but this is like a very much a standalone movie. Uh cinematography done by Paul Pogo hmm. <laughs> Paul Pogorzelski. You got it. Close enough. 
Pogorzelski. There we go. Actually, it looks it looks more complicated than it is. Pogorzelski. Um, score done by Russ Howard III, edited by Martin Pensa. Uh, not much box office, only did 122,000, uh, because I remember this was like a straight to Hulu release and it kind of got buried a little bit. And that was also like still in the time when we were getting the, you know, the straight to streaming movies were a little bit different and they weren't kind of like pushing them as hard. Right. So I remember this one being kind of one of the ones that people were just like, oh yeah, hey, have you heard about Tragedy Girls? Yeah. It was also a pretty like crowded year for horror too. Uh, Oh yeah. Not even uh, like separated from this type of movie because then also in 2017 you had happy death day you also had uh the babysitter which although are not like super similar movies i i think that you know they're not completely dissimilar and apart from that you also had um it and mother and get out come that year so it was like a pretty big year I mean, for horror, 2017 so. was one of my favorite years for movies in general oh, yeah. that's like one of my one of my top years of, of yeah. recent memory so yeah, it was kind of buried in that, and then I guess also buried in, uh, you know, because like, you know, some of those movies, I know a lot of criticisms are like, oh, you can tell this is like a old guy trying to sound like a young person. Sure. So I could see someone uh, being a little trepidatious going into this one. Yeah. Uh, and um, and and again, it also came out the same year as Thoroughbreds, which you know, spoil my movie math. Uh, but I remember like getting those two mixed up because it was like a. Not not quite a volcano Dante's Peak situation, but like yeah. they're very similar movies uh, in in yeah. tackling uh, similar things, but very differently. It's also kind of like that meme of when you're like, oh hey, can we get this? And it's like, no, we have that at home, but this is the version that you have at home. You know, like Thoroughbreds. I feel like uh, I, I feel. Uh, confident in saying that both of us probably prefer that, that film uh, a bit more so it yeah not quite uh, Dante's Peak kind of situation but it is a very similar uh, DNA sharing which I'm sure some of the, the DNA that both of those movies share will be uh, in our movie math and probably um, in our discussion so yeah it's not super surprising to me that this one uh, got a little bit lost in the shuffle and uh, I, I think our, our commentary on the movie will probably shed a bit of light maybe as to to why beyond just it's familiar it's a busy year you know I think it's actually yeah. the, kind of the quality of the film as well yeah and it, and it has an interesting split between uh, the ratings too uh, we have an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, 74 reviews uh, did you see the Letterbox average rating I was just looking at Letterbox and I didn't look at the the, the score but I would assume it would probably be like a 2.8 2.8 oh it's a it's a 3.0 and I thought I thought it was like kind of low because I've heard people talk very highly of this film mm-hmm. uh especially uh friends of the pod harmony and bj colangelo did a really great episode on uh their podcast the zen's at prom on this movie yeah. and i remember listening to that and it got me excited to like want to revisit this mm-hmm. because uh for me personally um it i remember watching it and it just kind of didn't really do much for me i remember it like kind of felt very underwhelming for between you know people that i know that really enjoy this movie yeah and then um you know, uh, kind of the the tone and aspects of it. Again, this is like a movie that very much seems like it would be a me movie, right? And it just doesn't, right? Quite <laughs> do it. Uh, it. Not that this movie is bad. It feels, it feels like kind of empty in, yeah. in a way. And I don't know if that's intentional because of you know the the social media uh, leanings that's supposed to be kind of shallow. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I feel like. You know, Spree kind of did that, but they still had something behind it. Like, mm-hmm. even if, like, even if, like, the intended shallowness was there, it still had something behind it. I could, I, you know, second time watching this one, I was just like, well, I don't know what I'm learning yeah. at the end of this movie, you know, about uh, the, the, you know, commentary on true crime and murder and uh, social media that they were kind of going into, or even the friendship angle either. It's a, it just feels like a very uneven movie because there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of great dialogue that makes me laugh and there's some great gags in it and the kills are really fun. Yeah. And the plot itself is interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I think the setup for it is really good and I don't know, just something didn't quite connect yeah, I, I think that's that's totally fair. And uh, this was my first time watching the movie. Uh, and when this uh, theme was proposed, I thought this would be an interesting time to kind of crack the seal on a movie that's been in my watch list for several years. This is one of those ones that like around each time around Halloween, I'll add like 
40, 45 movies onto like a Halloween roster, and I try to get through as many as I can. This has been on there like several years in a row, and I've just never gotten around to it, uh, and I thought this would be a good excuse for it. And I'm still glad that I picked this, because I think it really fits our, our theme quite well, and also... Um, talks about some different things that we haven't really touched on yet as far as like different corners of the internet. However, yeah, I, I felt like this was also just missing a little sauce for me. You know, like I, I think the potential for this is much higher than what we actually get for the movie. And I know that's like sometimes that works for you in regards to like, I kind of see what you're going for. You just didn't quite stick the landing. For me, it was like a an active detractor of like, I see what this could be, you know, mm -hmm. and the fact that it falls so short of that was kind of disappointing. But um, I still enjoyed watching it. I thought it was fun. I thought the 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 kills were like really well done considering kind of the scope of this movie that it was like kind of a straight to streaming uh, horror comedy. Um, I think my biggest issues were its portrayal of these two characters and then just kind of its portrayal of the internet, particularly how teenagers engage with the internet, which we'll um, definitely talk about. So I feel like there's a couple of glaring issues um, for myself that kept me back from, from really enjoying this one. Um, so yeah, not a complete miss, but not a home run either. It's somewhere in the middle, which I think is, is fine. But uh, I think that there are some other films that have dealt with similar um kind of uh, uh ideas and and subject matter but have not only you know hit a chord with with movie fans but have also just kind of like stood the test of time and i think that the fact that this one has maybe been a little bit forgot about in recent years is i think uh, kind of telling of the actual end product of, of this movie yeah it, it well you know we're gonna keep taking in some spoonfuls and try to figure out which ingredient is missing because <laughs> it really does like kind of like puzzle me yeah in the way that this movie hits me and you know, I think we give uh, lots of movies a pretty fair shake, so I hope you guys don't like already uh, hear us and be like, of course, like two dudes are going to trash <laughs> tragedy girls, and we're not going to trash it. It's just uh, I'm intrigued to try to unpack, you know, what it is that just like kind of yeah. doesn't hit the spot. Um, so before we get into it, uh, if you guys haven't seen it, you can watch this for free on Tubi or Plex or Freebie. Uh, it's on all the, the free stuff right Shutter now. as well. Oh, it is on Shutter. Yep. Oh, didn't even see. I watched on uh, watched on Tubi. You and your ads. What a fool. <laughs> you know, the one thing that I will give Tubi the biggest shout out over just about any streaming service mm -hmm. is it puts the captions in the place where they should be. Oh, I see. Not I like have such a, the characters' faces or anything. I hate <laughs> when it's too high or uh, there's certain ones where they do it like to the like you know to one side of the screen too, yeah. and I hate that. Yeah. This movie had the captions right in the black area of the letterbox so it's not in the way of the movie Perfect. you can read it and it stays there too yeah. like I, so so shout out to tubi for their uh, great <laughs> caption game uh, because it's it's something that annoys me with a lot of streaming services i've yeah. realized I'm, I'm a big fan of the streaming services where you can customize your your captions you can change the font the color does it have like that kind yeah, of transparent yeah. background like uh, you know you do want it huge or, or very little so I'm, I'm a big fan of that i think hbo max used to have that but i can't speak to max i don't know if they if they kept that feature no, they didn't because now Damn. it is just the the switch. But yeah, because I remember that too. That was uh, that was really cool being able to uh, customize them. But anyways, if you guys haven't seen it, you guys know where to find it. We're mm -hmm. gonna go ahead and spoil the rest of it with our sixty second synopsis. Let's Are you it. ready? I'm ready. Got you on the clock here in three, two, one. All right, we've got Sadie and Michaela, a couple Zoomers making their way through lives, uh, hosting uh, their podcast and social media network uh, called Tragedy Girls. Uh, they talk about and write about different tragedies that are happening in their community uh, and kind of follow them in true, uh, true crime form. Uh, but little does the rest of the town know that they are the reason that all of these deaths uh, keep cropping up throughout the town. So as Sadie and Michaela continue their killing spree, uh, different friends and f teachers and parents and all of these people get interwoven in their lives. And uh, we start to see this relationship between these two girls uh, start to change and evolve as not just killers, but also uh, friends and besties. And uh, we get to see them kind of try to cover their tracks Ten while seconds. also talking about their tracks and publicizing their tracks. All right, it was some five seconds to spare, and um, yeah, there's there's kind of it's maybe that is a, also maybe a good place to start because it kind of is a tough on the quick sell for this one because there is a lot of moving parts. Yeah, with this one and the way that it unfolds and like 
kind of a hard one of the things that's like okay like what do i uh tell somebody that's like not gonna be a spoiler or anything like that so it's like mm-hmm. uh even even the way to like try to sell it i feel like is a little bit tough uh like if you were gonna you know try to get word of mouth going for yeah this. like the elevator pitch for this movie but i will say i i thought that was one of the strengths of the film is i feel like true crime social media podcasters who are actually the killers that they are reporting on is like a pretty interesting pitch for a movie i just think as the film goes on it's not quite able to maintain that that kind of uh, forward momentum for myself yeah because that is a it's definitely an area that i'm super interested in because i love whenever uh people ask me if i've like seen something i'm like oh i hate true crime and they're like but you're a horror guy i'm like no, that's exactly why I hate true crime because yeah. like I I like the fake stuff. I don't like I don't get pleasure out of just rehashing, you know, uh kind of exploiting, you know, these terrible situations yeah. and like kind of, you know, like obviously movies are based on true stories from time to time, but even then it's it's just doesn't it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So like true crime just like really doesn't do it for me and like I feel like the people that are obsessed with it are the weirdos versus, you know, people look at us and they're like, "Oh my god, you're, you know, yeah. the things you watch." So uh, so I, I was I wanted to get a little bit more out of that, mm-hmm. maybe kind of getting the, the town involved a little bit more, I think would have been interesting because, uh, you know, you know, I love my small town Midwest drama. Yeah. And uh, this movie has hints of that. But it I, I wish they would have kind of brought the community in more so we could actually get more on the commentary of the true crime stuff. But then I feel like they establish it and then they abandon it. And then it's like and then like in the last act, they're like all of a sudden like, oh, hey, we need to have the friendship conflict. And it's like, why? Why didn't you start either start this early or don't do it at all? You yeah. know, so it's like I feel like uh, they, they you know, had this whole thing here with like, yeah, the true crime to tie it into the social media and uh, just didn't quite hit as hard. Uh, how did you feel about the depiction of the way that... Because I guess they their Tragedy Girls is a Twitter page. They don't even have a podcast. They do yeah. a Twitter page and then they post videos mm-hmm. and, and tweet stuff. And it's also a blog, they say. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about the depiction of the, the social media angle here? Um, I felt like it, it could have been a bit more uh kind of in depth uh better researched of kind of what this side of what true crime obsession really looks like it's not this hashtag killer hashtag whatever sort of i i to me this had a very uh kind of what your what your mom thinks social media kids and teenagers are like nowadays very kind of millennial sort of um it just felt a bit outdated for me it kind of felt a little Disney Channel at some times, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Um, I, I think the relationship between these these two girls and, and their audience just felt a little antiquated uh, to me personally. I think the podcast angle in 2017, I, I guess I'm not terribly surprised they didn't cover this. I think 2017 was certainly like an emerging time for podcasts. And, you know, the fact that this movie doesn't cover that, I, I do feel is uh, a bit of a missed opportunity and, and, and could have made for some interesting conflict even. Um, but yeah, I thought it was at worst cringy. Uh, I think uh, especially in regards to how it treats social media and true crime at the same time i i don't feel like there's actually a ton of overlap i guess societally i don't know i feel like i associate true crime more with like you know your jeffrey dahmer netflix special and then people posting thirst traps over jeffrey dahmer or something like that i think that's societally societally a little bit more of of, of something that i see especially like in a TikTok age, right? Rather than seeing tweets and blog posts about this kind of thing. To me, it just felt um, a little fabricated and it didn't really seem true to life. Uh, however, I'm I'm all for more of like a camp silly kind of Heather's perspective of or like a clueless perspective of kind of what teenagers are like nowadays. But I feel like the film was also just a little bit gun shy in that regard too. So I felt like there are multiple instances of this film wanting to have its cake and eat it too, to where I I was like, stick, you know, put like land on something, pick something rather than trying to talk about five or six different things at once. Yeah. Like, and I I wouldn't even say like outdated. It just also just didn't feel right because at the time, like true crime podcasts were like the big thing. Like, I mean, true crime 
podcasts are pretty much what brought podcasts back. Like, mm-hmm. like that's like what really like brought them to like the consciousness of people. But that's the thing. They're not doing a podcast, but then they're not doing like the documentary stuff either. It's like, yeah, at no point, I don't think anybody is following a Twitter blog for these kind of things, mm-hmm. you know? So, so yeah, it, it felt odd in that way. And then it feels like there's not the same effort that, again, that like Spree put in with like, really researching the way that people are doing yeah would do this and then also like putting in the effort to like show us things you know we never we don't like see the tweets uh all that much or we see like a couple clips of the videos that they make but not really and i feel like you know they could have integrated that stuff more to make it feel like it has more of a presence because i feel like it is very important for you know the the uh, the premise of it all mm-hmm. um and so i feel like they definitely could have put a little bit more effort and research into yeah. uh the social media so that way it does play with the the premise very well because uh, again like the yeah the, like okay they are you know becoming the killers themselves to like kind of uh you know get this get this fame and like their goal is like a hundred thousand followers by graduation but that doesn't explain like what would happen at that point it's like yeah. okay you, if you hit a hundred thousand followers then, then what? what yeah <laughs> like like you know so yeah. it's like they don't ever like say like oh we have to hit this number for like uh, a sponsor to come or like you know something like that mm-hmm. like i feel like they could have had like a ticking clock with like them like looking at the followers and being like after each one being like oh hey it's at this number now but like yeah what if we you know did the kill this way does it make the numbers like spike more? yeah like, you like, know stuff like that because then you could also talk about those themes of like sensationalism and and how you know viewers are drawn to kind of this dark and kind of uh macabre like we had talked about with, with spree is how he's using those things much like we we see certain influencers gaining their audience. I, I think that that's definitely true. I don't know. I still feel like it is a little outdated, a little antiquated. I think if this movie would have waited a few years, I, I think with the knowledge of kind of how the internet has evolved, especially in recent years and with true crime and conspiracy theories and all of these things, I felt like there's just so much has changed in recent years that it's hard to watch a movie like this, which came out, which feels like 10 years ago, nearly is at this point, and just kind of feel like it's, you know, it's a little quaint in a way that just hasn't um, aged as well as I think I would agree if, if they would have maybe researched a bit more of kind of what this corner of the internet actually is like. I, I think that that could have gone um, a long way. But beyond all of that, I think it was more of just kind of like uh, a lot of the dialogue between the characters felt a little, um, again, kind of millennial, how they view Gen Z and th- that kind of age group it just felt like not quite there again that sort of like disney channel hey kids you know uh it just not not it for me yeah i think it i think uh really the only reason any of it isn't like super cringe is because i feel like um ship and hildebrand sell it so well that like even Mm -hmm. though it's again like yeah maybe not exactly um how teenagers would talk and interact but Mm -hmm. they at least sell it enough um but some other subgenre stuff that we had uh, chilling in this movie uh, obviously we've talked about the comedy uh, it, I think it is a very funny movie there are some uh, I definitely wrote down uh, quite a few lines that I thought were like uh, were like really funny or even the timing of it like playing with certain tropes like the when they first like cap- capture uh, Lowell and he's like trying to like be scary and intimidate them and like say like cliche serial killer stuff yeah and you know and uh, there's like one and he's like you don't know what I'm capable of and then she just goes uh uh yeah i do actually <laughs> like we've been watching you and just like the timing of it so it's like um again like the the leads uh even whether they're taking like actual good material they're doing well with it but then i feel like they're even taking some of the cringy stuff and like making it work because there is kind of this weird i don't know it, there's at, it, in the beginning of the movie i thought they were gonna go for like an out of time feel and i and i wish they kind of stuck with that you know they have like yeah. the setup where it's like oh he's in the you know the muscle car on the bridge making out and they puts his letterman jacket on telling like, man camp Bring go it. back in so it's like uh it, you know I, I i i thought that would have been an interesting choice but like again like uh th- this has uh, i mean i would i i wouldn't call this camp honestly no i'm saying i i should have leaned into that a little bit yeah. more because okay. there are shades in it and i'm I, I think that that's something that would would help is have a little bit more of a tongue-in-cheek sort of attitude and play into those tropes because one of the other genres that I noticed in this is kind of that 
coming of age high school rom-com and I would have just preferred this film to lean into that angle too and mix that with horror and kind of have this silly 90s high school you know horror comedy uh you know a la a clueless or again to bring it up because it's it's the obvious card to pull but like a heathers or something like that you know lean into that a little more uh, instead of making it try trying to make it this relatable hey kids this is how you act nowadays and rather again like you had mentioned this sort of evergreen sort of universal high school experience yeah it it definitely has a little bit of um it has a a little bit of shades of midwest and like small town horror like i said and and the coming of age part like i feel like again like that's kind of like the like slapped in like uh conflict that they like throw in at the end i feel like uh you know they they could have I mean, I guess I didn't need this to be a coming-of-age movie because I guess, like, at the end, it's just, like, be true to yourself, you know? So it's, like, yeah. I so I guess they're, I don't know what coming-of-age me- message they could have put in to, like, kind of bring that a little bit more. But, yeah, the, the vibes are kind of there with, uh, you know, comparisons to those movies that you mentioned. Um, you know, we kind of debated this again with Spree. Uh, did you, uh, would you call this a slasher? Does it or does this have slasher vibes? This definitely has slasher vibes. And that was one of my favorite things about this is kind of that peek behind the curtains uh, uh, towards a a slasher and what their day to day is like and seeing such a different side of what a slasher can be. You know, uh, I the, the fact that these young girls look up probably to uh serial killers real life serial killers or even fictionalized serial killers and and how can they be that and what what are what is their look going to be what kind of masks are they going to have and trying to see them want to get in and want to fit in with this crowd and even kidnapping a local serial killer and trying to get tips from him i thought was a super fun idea um so yeah i definitely feel like there are some slasher vibes to this which is also to me made evident with the like multiple really great kills which i also think have uh, a really wonderful sense of humor about them there's some splat stick kind of uh, uh moments to this i thought one of my favorite scenes is when they corner um i don't remember the character's name but like the the, the school bully and uh in like the 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 wood shop and you know she oh, gets yeah. her chain or her leg chained up and is like kind of flying through the the air and her head hits a table saw and cuts her head in half like i thought stuff like that was like oh please more of that like this like don't take yourself so seriously have some fun oh yeah they yeah. could have like leaned like totally like more like tucker and dale where totally. it's like because like you know like the the recurring gag is like they keep killing but like it always looks like an accident or yeah. the the cops assume it was something else you know yeah. and like that's like part of it is like being like trying to you know mold themselves in the image of this killer yeah. uh i really i wish that we would have got more of him in the in the first half than him just being a goon in the second half because like one i have a soft spot for kevin durand mm-hmm. he has a weird face and <laughs> his voice is so odd and the way he speaks and he's yeah. like big and intimidating he's a fun actor and yeah. every time he pops up in something i'm always happy yeah so i think it would have been fun to like actually see like the like you know she's saying like hey we need a we need a teacher we need a yoda like i wish we would have like leaned in and like got like a karate kid montage but with them and him yeah you know but then instead it's like you know they you know just kidnap him so that way they could kill and then blame it on him well and also the movie starts off with almost this like it's a sense of like that is almost a movie in and of itself is them trying to find this guy which uh i actually like a lot i know that there's kind of this storytelling tenet that you know uh you write 10 pages of a script and then uh like tear out the first 10 pages because your story should start on page 11 or something like that and i love that this movie does like kind of follow in that footsteps of like yeah, that they're know, already doing exactly. It they're already they... knee deep into this, and you're you're seeing them on this journey. And there's even talk of like what it was like trying to lure him there. So I, like I'm just, it's fun to imagine like what was that research like, and them trying to track him down and notice his patterns and all of these. So I, I thought that that was was really great. Is that you're just sort of thrust into the middle of the story. Yeah, and then and then having them too, it's like a um, a juxtaposition between like the the again like the the cliche slasher killer mm-hmm. with him. 
Uh, you know, he's wearing just a black trench coat with like a weird, ma- like totally. nothing he's inspiring. He's got a big machete and he's got know, a machete. He's killing teenagers, making out. Yeah, it's like, a, it's a, yeah, yeah. And just like a, even gets called, you know, Michael Myers rip off, like yeah. whatever. And like, so it's like he's like the very cliche one. And then, you know, have these two that are like kind of the, the modern new yeah. age neo slashers totally. in, a, in, a, in a way. Uh, so, so, yeah, I think those elements definitely uh, work out really well. Um, but I will say, I think uh, one of the stronger elements, as- aside from the general conceit of it, is uh, the performances and this, uh, uh, you know, relationship between uh, Michaela and Sadie, played by uh, Alexander Alexander Ship and uh, Brianna Hildebrand, uh, who both made their um, Fox Men universe <laughs> debut in the yeah. same year also back yes. in 2016 um you know we have negasonic teenage warhead and then we have a uh, young storm uh so that's a that's also kind of cool yeah um but i i thought their relationship is really fun like i believe them as like the lifelong friends mm-hmm. and them also like bonding over this like twisted mentality that they both share and they're they're uh you know kind of both psychopaths uh i Michaela more so is like outright shown like they even like have her like doctor file or whatever so like she basically like they they come out and then Sadie uh is the one that you like kind of have the back and forth like is because at at the beginning I thought she was like the like true crazy one because like in the when they like uh kidnap him and then she kills Craig like the like look on her face when she does it and I was Mm -hmm. like oh okay so she's gonna be the like true crazy one I like seeing over time that's like no 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 it's Michaela the one that you know has you know the, the affluent uh family and nice yeah. house and everything like comes from a normal background even though Sadie I guess did technically uh kill first but I think Michaela is the one that enjoys it more um and then of course um th- both their names are uh, references uh to, to horror directors uh Sadie Hooper or uh, Sadie Cunningham uh, yes. for Friday the 13th after Sean S. Cunningham and yeah. then Michaela Hooper, uh, whose ex-boyfriend, her, his name was Toby for yeah. Toby Hooper. Yes, so very That's well always done. fun. Yeah, I liked the relationship um, between the two of them. I, I, I loved seeing, again, the beginning of this movie where like it really hooked me early on. I was like very into it when it when it first started. I love the scene between the two of them where um Sadie is trying to to stab their victim and just keeps stabbing him in the stomach and, and Michaela's like no it's up more like the heart is is it's up over more. to the so, left like I I like that the exchange between the two of them I'm gonna be honest and this might be a little controversial I didn't think the chemistry between the two really? of them was very good oh, uh I, I think uh, I'm not gonna name names but I I felt like the the casting of of one of them was not uh, totally working for me. Um, I didn't really feel like they were these lifelong friends that you know couldn't live without each other. Uh, so, yeah, that Wait, was which one didn't work for you? Uh, the Sadie uh, didn't really work for me. I thought uh, Brianna Hildebrand. Uh, I I think it was odd casting for me because I think especially in like Deadpool or something like that, she plays that deadpan humor so well. And I felt like it was a bit of a misstep that they didn't maybe lean into something like that uh, a, a, a bit more um, to again, kind of be that bait and switch. If she's the quiet goth kid that, you know, lives in a trailer park with her dad or something. So you would expect her to be the killer, of course, to where, you know, she is the one with, uh, with a, a, a bit more heart, but yeah, I felt like their relationship between the two wasn't my favorite. And it might be uh, a symptom of, I felt like, and it's something that we alluded to a lot with like the letterbox reviews and just kind of this movie in general is that there are very I, I, obvious in a weird way, uh, like queer undertones in the movie and queer subtext that it, and it's something we talked a lot about last year with pride is that it, I found it a little frustrating that it is just subtext in this movie and that the relationship between the two of them never really veers into something romantic, which I felt like the film was very, it was very odd that it didn't go in that direction for me. And I think it could have improved their um, relationship a bit for me. Hmm. I mean, cause I mean, obviously like it, like the, the vibes are there and like, you know, they're both attractive and like, of course we, we would love them to be girlfriends mm-hmm. and be killer girlfriends together. Yeah. And I think like maybe it, they didn't do it because it would be too obvious in a way. Um, I think, uh, cause I, cause the way I watch it though is I feel like this movie does a really good job of depicting that very specific, like, platonic love. Like, they are in love deeply, Mm -hmm. but deeply platonically. But it's, like, in that, like, gray area of, like, you know, like, when you call somebody, like, you know, your best friend's like, oh, yeah, like, that's my, that's my husband, that's my wife. It's, like, they they do love each other, and there is, like, a jealousy for attention, you know, whenever Sadie has a boyfriend and uh, isn't 
isn't into the killing anymore for like a moment, you know, and like, uh, so like, so I feel like they do maybe we're kind of going for the the queer angle in that way of like basically just being like, oh yeah, hey, like we're we're breaking up, like and we don't want to fuck anymore, mm-hmm. aka the killing, but. I think they do a really good job of just like kind of showing like because there is like a there's just a fine line of like when it's like you because you you think that they want it but that's yeah. but it's not but it's still there's like a very relationship like love but not in a sexual manner because I don't think because because I feel like the the tension is there emotionally between yeah. the two of them but I don't feel like any sexual tension between them and. But uh, but uh, but I will agree. I think uh, Ship is the the stronger performer. Uh, mm-hmm. She is definitely like the more naturally charismatic, and maybe yeah, it would have been better for the dynamic for them to be you know slightly different rather than uh being exactly the same. Even though yeah. the movie does call that out, so I guess that was an intentional point that they're supposed to be like so similar. Mm-hmm. But I, but but maybe it would have worked a little bit better if yeah, they kind of had a different personalities well, i think that's the issue is you had kind of pointed it out that there's a lot of room for interpretation and is this like the will they won't they are they are they not in a relationship and i think that that was a bit of an issue for me because I, I think that this film you know only emboldens kind of what is already there for me i do think that this film is is ultimately about kind of challenging these gender roles uh and kind of what a serial killer especially in movies is usually portrayed in being is just this big tall lumbering man um and even if it is something small and uh you know like like a chucky or something there still is like a, a terrifying man behind that and i thought it was a lot of fun that they do challenge that and it's these two like especially with uh brianna like these two small high school girls you know who are these uh, very prolific killers. I think a lot of that is fun, and I do think that there is something to be said about this using their shared experiences and their shared background, um, like in their obsession with with death and murder, as maybe subtext for like a queer relationship and kind of like an empowering sort of way. Um, but I felt like all of those things would definitely just be emboldened if their relationship was taken a bit more uh, romantically rather than platonically. Um, but yeah, like everything that you're bringing up is, is true, but I, I agree with it in the sense of like, yeah, there is, it is still so opaque. So like maybe clear it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. They, they definitely need to do anything than what they did with like, yeah. again, like the, cause like whenever it like gets to like the, like, uh, you know, basically Sadie, like, uh, it, it starts to feel remorse and it's like, Hey, maybe being the survivor person's kind of fun and like whatever. And like this like this i checked the time there was 25 minutes left in the movie yeah, yeah. and we're gonna introduce like the quote-unquote conflict between the two of them it's like okay so and because they did like little shades of it like early on whenever lowell is like trying to uh turn them and then it's like basically michaela's just like aha yeah no that'll never happen and then of course it does but then like when we get to the end it's like you know, Michaela makes the speech about like, yeah, no, we're different and you're not mm-hmm. like the rest of them, blah, blah, blah. And then say it's just like, yeah, OK. And then goes back to being at her side and yeah. then they resume killing. So I, yeah. I'm like, what are we supposed to learn from them? Not only what what are we supposed to learn from them, but I feel like what did they learn either? Like there's no there's just like no change or shift. And I definitely could feel again, like it's either introduced earlier. Don't do it. Um, but I don't know it because because it, it that's where it's like starts to feel just like so tropey is like you know Sadie yeah. gets the boyfriend and like all these different things and then and then like and then obviously it comes out that it's like their first kill was his mom and like that was supposed to you know I guess hit harder but then it's like well we haven't really like Jordan he's also kind of bland you know like whatever played by Jack Quaid like he's mm-hmm. fine I guess I don't know he's you yeah. know, he's there. So I don't know. Yeah, I felt like there definitely are some points in the film that are uh, s- some like the pacing and the kind of the flow of the story. There are certain scenes that kind of yeah. uh, drag while others feel rushed and certain like um, uh, plot lines. Definitely. But I-, I felt like for me, I liked the tropes. I like kind of the structure of, again, following your typical sort of rom-com between the two of these. And even if it is just a pl- platonic, sure. Um, I kind of like that there is that typical 
falling out that you always see in a rom-com right there's just like an airport they just need that like she chases after on an airplane or something like that like it's that kind of 90s rom-com i appreciate that but i think the film had a big opportunity a missed opportunity to like lean into some of the comedy of that like i would have loved to have seen you know Michaela going on these kills by herself and just like Moping dejectedly and, yeah. stabbing this guy like damn I miss my friend you know like that would have been really funny that what like the, the like the Sadie kind of being like oh maybe I'm not meant for this life it was like it's fine but I I felt like it like it, it, we know they're going to get back together so what else are you going to offer me you know yeah. are you going to make it this really funny thing because there's no dramatic tension between this I know the, the tropes that they're going to get back together so that's not the appealing part the appealing part is like what's going to happen in that and I felt like there was a lot of missed opportunity like comedically uh, uh out of those two relationships but yeah the character of Jordan um He's fine. He's whatever. You know, like he's he's uh, the guy in this story about two gals killing people. So I don't <laughs> think he's going to be like, you know, the bright spot um, of anything. I like Jack Quaid and it's cool to see him in this. Just and, the guy. Yeah. I love you know what I mean? Just how matter of fact. Yeah, he's just the guy in he's, this. He's the guy. He really yeah, is. he's just he's there. You know, <laughs> uh, his dad's a cop. So it's just he's he like is films there for... their videos and, and stuff like that. It was just kind of like, ah, whatever. You know, he's the love triangle, I guess, in the two of these. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's there to, you know, to check boxes, you know, for the movie. And, and you know, and like you pointed out, like, you know, there is nothing wrong with, like, having the tropes. But, yeah, it's like, how do you use it? What are you going to do with it? And 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 you mentioned I, the pacing, too. Yeah, the pacing of this movie is kind of awful. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, like, at one point watching, I was just like, how long have I been watching? How much is left? I can't really tell. Yeah. Uh, like I had no like concept of it because like the first half is like, you know, like kind of hums along like really like steadily. And then, and then it ramps up and then it comes to like a complete halt before oh, yeah. the finale. Yeah. I and agree. it gets like, like so slow and it's like, wait, we haven't been like this slow at any point in this movie. Like, so yeah. it's just like, yeah, the, it, it was kind of, uh, not as strong there. Uh, you know, I, I, I could have, again, like for the things that it does do well, I guess we just need to get enough of it because like the kill, like the, the stuff with, you know, them, you know, just being these, you know, young teenage killers is fun. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe, you know, they just kind of bit off a little more than they could chew because there are good things. They just don't do them enough. Yeah. Because uh, like, I mean, yeah, like uh, the, the the kill with uh, the, the final destination buzzsaw. Uh, thing was super fun. Love yeah. that they call it out too. You know, reading our minds a little bit. Uh, I really love the set piece with uh them and uh Big Al in the in the gym. Oh yeah. Uh, Craig Robinson just like throwing around these tiny little girls and then like you oh, know yeah. just like doing their best and they're like chucking weights at them and yeah. And I've always had a, a fear of like while bench pressing the bar falling on my throat. That's always yeah, been just, like a big fear for me. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I don't gym. Uh, that's really <laughs> what I'm worried about. Uh, uh, you know, uh, getting my scalp taken off by a bench press bar. Yeah, man. The kills in this I was very impressed by with with each and every single one of them. I was like, oh, that was really fun. Like uh, a very like creative uh, sort of finale and payoff to a lot of the I, I think pretty fun set pieces uh yeah I certainly uh, I'm always going to be one of like more 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 you know as far as like frequency of, of kills in horror movies but I think everything else um yeah as far as the toast the 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 pacing uh and kind of the the tone that the movie starts to take throughout the middle I felt like was yeah but definitely a, a drag but I will appreciate that I think that this movie flaunts its horror knowledge and horror tropes pretty well like I I felt like I was watching something made by horror fans like I I felt like there were um, a lot of jokes and conversations and set pieces that I felt like you could see kind of the homage happening while there was still a desire to make something new like for example I love the ending of the film is that kind of this carry sort of tip of the hat to where you have these you know two girls who are being true to themselves and it's almost this kind of like good for them sort of ending while they're just burning their you know their prom down and killing it like uh, was like 120 people or something like that like I felt like that was like kind of a fun take on the you know like the Carrie prom sequence and just has like again has a bit more fun about it like I I love that it's able to take something so dark and so grisly like the death of 120 or whatever it was high schoolers most of them probably 
innocent, you know, but uh, the fact that it's able to have a sense of humor um, towards it. I know it's not going to work for everybody. I'm sure that there are some people that are like, what is the morality of this movie I mean, at all? But I thought it was fun. Yeah, the, the morality is tough because it's like, I don't feel like... It's like I can't even say this is like a good for her kind of movie for me because I'm like, well, I didn't really want anything for them, you know, like, like, you know, like I didn't know what their goals were. So how do I want them to achieve it? Or or like, you know, like seeing them like be scorned or I don't know anything. Uh, So it's like I so I I don't know. So I can't put it in that even though I do love just like I do love the, you know, inversion or kind of homage to to the carry because I would say the this is maybe the highest body count of a movie that we've covered here on the pod. Probably. I mean, Carrie's up there too, obviously for the gym scene, but I think in Carrie, it didn't even get to the hundreds. I think it, in the movie it says like 70 or 80 like yeah. students or something like that like died. Yeah. this one was 120 something uh so uh yeah 124 they uh when they set the gym on fire uh pretty fucking wild uh you know so i'll give them that and i can definitely tell he's a uh mcintyre is a big horror fan for sure but when there's so many homages then i'm like okay now we're to the point that like if you're gonna do this many homages i need there to be like a you know, like kind of satire commentary, sure, of of some sort, like you said, like if, like like how you were saying, like you know, if you're gonna do the trope, then do something with it, add right. on to it. So it's yeah. like, as much as I love a good, you know, reference and Easter egg and stuff, and yeah, there's definitely plenty of them. The beginning, I felt like they were trying to give some Christine vibes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, other ones too, and yeah, but but once it gets to a certain point, it's like okay, if you're just gonna keep giving me all these Easter eggs, then like I need them to amount to something. Sure. You know, maybe um, other than just being like, okay, uh, like it, like I, I feel like an asshole to be like, oh hey, I get it, you love horror movies, because like yeah, I love <laughs> horror movies too, but like yeah. I don't know, that's kind of the way it feels. Like it's a little too much for me as sure. far as um. Uh, the the references and stuff. Yeah, I, I it's definitely uh, an acquired taste for sure. I, I felt like it was done well enough. Um, I think I do agree that something else probably should have been offered, especially with uh, the relationship between these two girls. But again, I do like kind of what it. If it's not executed terribly well, I do like that it is kind of this. Um, there is like a nice like satirical commentary happening there there's this challenging of of gender roles and expectations in horror so i feel like the blueprint is there it's just maybe a little bit more in the execution for me that left a a a bit to be desired yeah there's just uh there's just some some tonal dissonance and and uh and then so and then of course like we have at the end that's like oh yeah they get everything they wanted like they get like the millions of followers they get the book deal yeah. uh they're they got a, a, a specifically a lifetime movie deal i love that they shouted that out yeah. uh which was just like very funny um because one of them was in a lifetime movie yeah um uh courtney cox's lifetime movie actually one mm, of them uh nice. courtney cox has directed a couple movies and uh some of them were for lifetime apparently that's fun good for her <laughs> yeah so yeah good that, for that, courtney that's she good gets for the good for her <laughs> uh yeah because i think that's uh that's pretty funny uh but then it's like you know they do it and then it's like okay so what was the message you know other yeah. than like oh hey yeah like if you go far enough like then like you know, then you'll, you'll get it. And, and it's like seeing, seeing this like kind of mentality again, like in 2023, it doesn't feel as far fetched. Mm -hmm. So I feel like maybe like at the time in 2017, they were kind of going for like, Oh yeah. See, like it didn't done this suck that they, that they totally won out and like, you know, with the social media stuff. But like now it's like, uh, that's yeah that's probably what would have happened you know like because yeah. like that is kind of where we are at this like you know age of sensationalism and virality and stuff and like and and i feel like i hear people say go viral so much that like it doesn't even mean that anymore yeah like because like it, it happens so often now and sure. like so it's like is going viral even a thing now so it's like uh i feel like over time the it makes the the kind of end punch of this like lesson even more yeah especially when you say like a hundred thousand followers it's like all right like, <laughs> <laughs> i mean like that's more than i have but it's not you know it's, you're not changing the world i think yeah I, like I, it like is a hundred thousand really enough to uh you know motivate you to be a killer it's and, like no you guys get are a just, movie yeah you, know? you guys it's are like, just crazy you, yeah you know you guys are just psychos <laughs> which i i think as far as uh and i could definitely see some people being kind of like the ending of this movie is like really questionable morally speaking i 
think for me, if this would have had a bit more of a campy tone, it's almost like, you know, a sillier version of kind of what you and I were talking about, either on air or off air of like kind of the whole midsummer boyfriend did he deserve to be burnt alive mm-hmm. kind of conversation it's like in real world no like but that kind of logic never applies to horror you you don't watch a horror movie and be like oh those teenagers had sex and they suddenly deserve to die it's like no it's a fucking horror movie like those are the rules of horror like you do something bad or questionable and you're you know you're deserving of death and i i think that this film had it leaned into a, a bit of a sillier more tongue-in-cheek kind of tone maybe would have made that go down a bit easier for some people that they do end up kind of getting everything everything that they want in this fame but they don't really have any repercussions for these terrible things that have happened i think if the film would have been like no this is a satire this is farcical this is supposed mm-hmm. to be silly you know um it's it's the same kind of uh kind of direction of you can let some of these things slide because you're it's fun it's silly you know yeah, it's like if you're going to have if you want to have like some sort of theme of morality, like it has to be like challenged in a way. And I feel like they don't really give us anything to to challenge us with because sure. it, it's just presented just so plainly. It's just like, no, these are just two psychopaths and they are willing they are going to get this goal no matter what, because the, they're going to yeah. you know push the limits. The only know? thing I think is with the character of Mrs. Kent, who is like kind of this teacher who keeps like wagging her finger at these two girls throughout the movie of like kind of sensationalizing these tragedies and these crimes that they see. I think that that's kind of the only thing that we get. And I, I I felt like that. I liked that considering I do, and you had had already talked about this. I I feel similarly towards that and a lot of like true crime stuff and how people take in that sort of content these days. But um, I I felt like, yeah, it was just not necessarily part of the entire, it it wasn't significant, uh, significant enough that I felt like the movie was really saying something rather than there was just a perspective that this one character had. Yeah. Like again, like that's where I kind of just, yeah, wanted the the community to be like interwoven a little bit more. Sure. Because they do kind of do something interesting that I didn't really kind of think of what they were going for. But like now I see it as like, yeah, everything that she did like is like, yeah, she like wags her fingers at them for like doing it it's because they do you know stuff and then they put it on the internet versus yeah. like oh she has secrets obviously like you know she has a, a past with big owl apparently you mm-hmm. know from like the insinuations and then like yelling at the kids at prom but then smoking cigarettes or something like all these different things and there's like supposed to be i guess like implied that's like oh no you got dirty secrets too but like you just don't have social media and tweet about it I and guess, like yeah. stuff like that's so, like i so it's like uh you know you putting putting it out there versus not uh but mrs kent would would. I would (laughs) like I was like why are you giving people eyes like this all the time like what's your deal because she did just like kind of like 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 just walk around being sultry for no reason (laughs) yeah yeah well what did what was she a teacher of in the class I can't remember uh no idea I can't remember. It was they would something. just be they would just be in class, like kind of <laughs> sitting, like maybe a home. Maybe she was their homeroom teacher. There you go. Uh, but you like go. also, yeah, just like kind of funny. Like if you're gonna have them in class, like at least let us know what classes. Yeah, uh, I, I do feel like uh, uh, we asked, are they or are they not? Like, is this a is this a slasher film? Are they slasher villains? And I think at the end of the movie, they definitely uh, achieve that status. I wanted to ask what you thought because uh, we had this conversation when we talked about Spree. Do you feel like they match that idea? idea of a slasher villain like do you like their 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 looks their costumes their signatures do, do they work for you have they achieved uh, we know that they achieved their goal of the hundred thousand followers but do you think that they've cemented themselves as like good serial killers i mean i mean they are i mean they're obviously serial killers but like i would by the logic that i presented before i would say they are not slashers mm-hmm. maybe they have become that by the end of the movie like where they have decided on like you know we you know because that was like the poster everywhere and you're in prom dresses you got the the yeah. like purge masks and they got knives and it's like mm-hmm. haha but like throughout the movie they you know they i mean i guess they it's they're like the i guess by the way that they're playing with the tropes they're like kind of anti-slashers because they're like trying to they're trying to do this stuff like throughout the movie like you said like they're trying to find the outfit that they want but like yeah it doesn't work in that you know they don't like the outfits and stuff like that or uh you know they uh want to have like a signature way of killing but they literally don't kill any one person the same way twice like yeah. they you know so it's like they have like just like so it's like they're like testing out all the things like of like testing to be a 
slasher, but they're not quite. Um, so it's like they're, yeah, I, I called them neo slashers at the beginning of the episode, but no, I'm, I'm going to go with anti slashers is uh, the way I'll describe them. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, 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 I mean, it was, they, they're fucking diabolical. I mean, they're still, you know, sadistic killers. I mean, you know, not going to take anything away from them there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm going to call them out, you know, if they were real world killers, they would own up to their killing, you know, the fact that they get away with everything. And not only that, but they frame the other guy for all of these prom deaths. You know, those are yeah. going on his yeah. w- Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah, not theirs. And I will also uh, a bit of a dig that their masks super basic you know like the purge masks come on you know like i feel like around this era every fucking teenage high school college girl that you knew at the time dressed up like that for halloween uh because of the purge uh movies were yeah. so popular then i'm just kind of like come on gals be I mean, a little bit more yeah. creative. i mean know? i guess it's the it's supposed to be like because it's like they're in like prom gear too so it's like the the just but like but they they we also got that in uh Purge election year, my least favorite villain of that movie is those fucking candy girls, oh, and man. that's exactly what they wore as prom dresses with was the masks. Was this before or after this movie? Uh, Purge election year was 2016. That would make so, sense. So, it was year, an election year so, then, so year so. before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of got beat out to it, and yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's a fun look, but uh, yeah, but I wouldn't. They they definitely don't get a uh, slot in the the slasher fandom stat sheet like you said. I I yeah. do love the the at the beginning when they're like talking to him. They're like they're like yeah you're up to five uh or well five including Craig and then whenever they have to kill Craig they're like you're back down to four. Uh, <laughs> like I love how they like have yeah. to demote him slasher points. <laughs> yeah, I would have preferred a, a bit more time. Yeah, with him and him teaching them how to you know like. Like be a Mr. Miyagi, a yeah. Mr. Miyagi serial killer would have been so funny. Yeah, I would have, <laughs> I would have really liked that. And which I feel like, and to kind of wrap into final thoughts, is is a bit of kind of the symptoms of this movie. Is I feel like I. Not that I'm like, oh, you, oh, you should have done this, uh, and like what this movie could have been rather than what this movie is. Uh, I think that the issue with me is that there are so many things underdeveloped in this movie that it's hard not to look towards other storytelling possibilities and being like well that probably would have been a little bit more interesting than what we got because i think that this movie starts a lot of really interesting narrative threads but doesn't take many of them in a super interesting direction um i like the relationship between these two gals but again it doesn't take it in a super interesting direction i wish them romantically platonically whatever would have been a bit more developed than it really is again their objective isn't super clear rather than just achieving this kind of this kind of fame um yeah i feel like for a movie like this i should have been engaged the entire time and the fact that there is like a 30 minute to 40 minute portion in this film where i was like really checking my watch checking my phone kind of Mm -hmm. you know uh uh wasn't able to quite keep my attention but um i do think that the film uh again challenges these uh gender roles gender expectations in horror and what a slasher villain looks like uh, i love its kind of tongue-in-cheek sort of attitude i love how casual the movie is and these characters are towards death that when they do this terrible thing it doesn't phase them really at all I, I i love all of that so i feel like there's a lot of fun ingredients in this movie it just doesn't come together in a way that i felt like totally worked for me where some other films uh, some other contemporaries i i felt like nailed you know kind of what they were seeking out where this was you know it was a glancing blow if anything yeah. so how many how many out of five cell phones um we could do better than cell phones what are we thinking i don't know there, there's got to be something else table saws <laughs> i mean table saws but i say cell phones because i mean the one i do like one uh small details like they literally never leave their hands like they sure. almost for 90 percent of the movie That's have right. phones in their hands and are like tweeting and like yeah. when they're like having conversations they're like always like down so yeah like, I will give him credit there. But, so uh, out of, uh, you say five or ten cell phones? Out of five phones. Out we of always fi- do five. I ten, was just making sure. Ten. Just making sure. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it's uh, I'm at three out of five, and I feel like I'm being a little generous. I feel like it could go a little bit lower than that. And I think if, if I was in your situation and this was a rewatch, I feel like it would be a little bit lower, but... Uh, they, they caught me on a good day. So yeah, three out of five. Caught me on a good day. Yeah, because uh, I initially gave it a three, but uh, yeah, the rewatch did take it down to a 2.5 because it definitely had me like split down the middle because it's a frustrating movie because like, yeah. like you said, the ingredients are there. They're great. Like the, the everything's fresh, Uh, but it's just like, how can you also have so much freshness and uniqueness, but also not be memorable or like distinct, mm-hmm. you know, like, 
I mean, we obviously always like, you know, throw out other movies, like kind of whenever we're like doing, having conversation. I think this is the most like, you know, having a conversation about one movie, but talking about so many others. Yeah. Uh, says something about this movie of being like, hey, you had all these things, but like it's executed better in all these different totally. instances. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at my movie math and like every single movie in my movie math is like loads better than this one, you know? Yeah. It, it was like at first I only had like a couple and then it was like, and then all of a sudden I literally had like seven different options of yeah. stuff that I like was, could put in because I like see the things that again, like kind of do these things better. But it is, I mean, again, I think the, I think the friendship is fun. I think their performances are enough to, uh, definitely make this watchable and i you know i get some good laughs out of it see some good kills but then once i like yeah think about what you know it as a movie then yeah. i'm like I, I get really frustrated yeah um because yeah it, it, it's all there the, the the potential is there it's and i don't know i i don't want to say it was out of lack of effort it was just effort put in the wrong places at sure. the wrong times sure. uh so yeah so i'm going i'm going 2.5 out of five so uh let's see uh i mean we've already talked about a bunch of them but uh yeah. let's go ahead and put some of these movies into an equation of uh things that we were thinking about while discussing tragedy girls already here on spectra cinema club we like to conclude all of our episodes by playing movie math uh as we had kind of already mentioned we're just going to take some of the films that reminded us of this movie which apparently are pretty uh plentiful to choose from uh and then we're going to put it in a mathematical equation so devon what do you got yeah i actually managed to not mention most of them there in my equation except for of course thoroughbreds because i mean they are they're just such striking similarities um, and I still haven't rewatched that movie in a while. Same. Um, but I apparently gave it also gave it three stars and remember being and, and and I remember uh, being underwhelmed by it. But uh, so so maybe now I'll give it a rewatch and see how I feel after uh, watching this one again. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the, the friendship angle, you know, the one of them being a psychopath angle, except for, hey, there's two of them this time. Yeah. And uh, it definitely, um, uh, you know, switches up the setting and stuff like that. But there's uh, some very similar things and them uh, trying to, you know, frame somebody for a murder and stuff like that. So definitely some of that. I have that added. And this is in one set of parentheses. I have Thoroughbreds plus uh, When the Screaming Starts. Um, I think we mentioned it briefly in our uh, best of 2022 episode as like an honorable mention, maybe. But uh, it's like a it's a, a guy that's a, aspiring to be a cult leader. Mm. Um, and it, uh, but they do like a mockumentary kind of style with it. And it's like him. He, it, but basically, it's like he's like the, the cult leader and he like organizes everything. But like, that's it. He does nothing. <laughs> and like everyone else does everything. And like the members of the cult like actually start to get into it and then they like you know start turning on them and there's all these like fun relationships and it's like the strangest like rant like most randomly assembled uh wannabe cult it's super funny um so definitely check it out i think it was like an honorable mention maybe for me or uh me or donato but um it has a, a, a similar tone of like kind of pulling the curtain back of like yeah how does one become you know in, in right. this case a serial killer uh, but in that movie, it's, uh, you know, how does one become, how does one start a cult in, in modern day society? And it's, uh, it's very funny. Um, so, so, uh, definitely, uh, I have them added together in parentheses divided by in another set of parentheses, um, random acts of violence, a, uh, shutter original that came out a couple of years ago, uh, a, a movie that I had a similar experience of uh, being kind of underwhelmed and frustrated by it because it had a really, <laughs> A great premise of this guy he um basically is like become a famous comic book writer mm-hmm. of uh writing this like super gruesome horror horror series um you know following like a slasher but it's like based off of like trauma that happened to him as a kid mm-hmm. um and uh and then of course like somebody then uh replicating the kills from the comics yeah. and stuff so it's kind of the reverse angle that's why i'm dividing it by this um set of uh parentheses just because it's like kind of more of a, a slight inverse thing i have it added with uh donnie darko uh, for the the community angle and how like this whole phenomenon is like kind of uh, uh affecting everyone in the community that. in the town and stuff like that and uh definitely could have used a little bit more of that that's like the the vibe that i think uh, I think that's probably what I would have wanted more uh, the most uh, as far as like adding something to the movie is yeah. like more of that again that that communal angle to it. 
so yeah so um so thoroughbreds plus when this room starts divided by uh random acts of violence plus donnie darko i have not seen uh when the screaming starts but that sounds uh, totally up my alley so i'm definitely going to check that one out uh for me i have all in parentheses uh heathers uh for obvious reasons uh plus behind the mask which is also another kind of peek behind the curtain sort of horror mockumentary this one is about um uh somebody who's trying to be a slasher and uh, uh is trying to uh learn the ropes and is is kind of sharing the the movie tools of rips. the trade it's so funny I can't but wait to also cover it the third the third act is like really great too it like changes the pov it's like ah oh, it's good stuff uh, i have that added with scream four uh, for kind of like the viral sort of uh, mm-hmm. leaning that the ghost face killers have in that uh, multiplied by freaky. Um, another movie that is this kind of like coming of age, but you have the juxtaposition of this like young high school teenage girl who is also this like grizzly serial killer. Um, uh, again, all of these movies so much better than tragedy girls. Like freaky is really funny. Also has great kills. And I think, uh, delivers on, uh, uh, kind of what this movie is circling. Um, but yeah, all of those in parentheses just multiplied by freaky for kind of like, you know, for vibes, similar sort of tone. Yeah. 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 Similar, similar comedic beats. Um, Heathers and Behind the Mask are uh, both certified rippers. We will be covering them at some point and very excited because I love both of those movies. I didn't see Behind the Mask for the first time till like a year ago. Yeah. And so then right. I was just like, where's this been my whole life? Exactly. This is amazing. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, all the, all that definitely checks out. You got a lot of recommendations. If uh, you watch this and happen to be <laughs> underwhelmed and need something uh, to kind of get you right, uh, we got plenty of recommendations for you. Um, so we have one more week left here on uh, Why Fire Die. And uh, excited to close out on a on a movie that I know uh, me and you both uh, quite enjoyed. Uh, it was almost going to be my favorite of 2022. So. Yeah, very excited uh, that this was uh, picked. I think that this is one that's also going to lead uh, to a very interesting conversation. So I'm excited to talk about it. I'm I'm intimidated to talk about it. Uh, uh, we're going to the World's Fair is uh, what we're talking about. Yes. And uh, uh, it's a movie that like I'm like, oh, man, like I don't know how I'm going to be able to try to formulate thoughts about this one. So yeah. it's going to be a fun episode. Uh, definitely excited uh, to, to go out on a Wi-Fi or die month with a bang. Uh, Garrett, what are you working on right now? Uh, you guys can follow me over on Letterboxd, uh, Twitter, as well as uh, Threads. Got to throw that in now, uh, as well as uh, TikTok at Garrett McDowell. Uh, but if you want some more uh, podcast stuff from me, you can subscribe to my Star Wars podcast at Scum and Villainy. I mean, even in just the time between us recording episodes, like people drop Blue Skies so fast. Or is it Blue Ski? Blue ski I, I never did it because people I was dropped like, that one so fast as soon yeah. as Threads came around. That yeah. was very funny. I, I was <laughs> like, you have to get an invitation. Yeah, that's kind of last long you know <laughs> right trying to trying to make yourself like exclusive and like threads already is like integrated into other apps and stuff that one might have a chance we'll see yeah we'll see um but uh i have not made one yet you can still find me on instagram twitter and letterbox at underscore daddy disco you can hear me over on uh the pot and pendulum podcast making some appearances and then and then i just talked uh happy death day one and two on uh the creepy and geeky podcast that episode will be coming out in a couple weeks but uh almost through uh happy death day kind of in there as well for mm-hmm. uh just the kind of general tone of this movie but Al- again also better, better than this movie <laughs> way better <laughs> way better but I'll go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe to not miss a thing. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, a nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted.